Welcome back to Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And we're together in the flesh in Redwood City. Holla, Redwood City. Pretty exciting. Uh, Ty's big joke coming from New York to San Francisco has been how expensive everything is here. The laundromat was more expensive here. The tacos are more expensive here. The tamales are more expensive here. Most of my examples are Mexican food. I think fresher, more authentic ingredients, though. Oh, that's an interesting point. I don't know. The Mexican restaurant near my house in Harlem has a certificate on the wall that says that the Mexican government recognizes them for buying ingredients from Mexico. That is impressive. <laughs> yeah. I am impressed, I guess. You should be. It's just funny because I think everybody could have that certificate. Doesn't everything wow. come from Mexico? You mean like even the Chinese restaurants would have that? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, this week we're going to be talking about The Favorite with Olivia Coleman, Emma Stone, and Rachel Weiss. Uh, but before we get into that movie, we wanted to give our genre pick for favorite Rachel Weiss movies. Uh, Ty, I'll let you go first. This one I just watched this week, and it was so disconcerting, and it stayed with me, and I think that counts as a good movie. I think everyone should see it anyway. It's very weird structure-wise also. It's The Lobster. From the same director? Same director. Okay. I've seen it, and I watched it with Remy, and she hated it. Okay, well, what did you think, Reed? I thought it was kind of boring and really weird. Definitely not boring, right? It was just very weird. Yeah, very weird. It was boring to you? I mean, crazy stuff was happening. But in such an off-putting way. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I can't believe it got it made because structure-wise, it doesn't fit normal movie structures. But It is interesting high concept, though. The trailer is very good, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, my Rachel Weiss movie is Enemy at the Gates, uh, the Jude Law sniper in Leningrad movie. I've seen it, but it's been a long time. I don't remember her. Let's hope it's her. No, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> what did you like about that? Oh, I just think it's an interesting story. You don't see a lot of World War II movies about Russians as the heroes. Yeah. Germans are still the bad guys. You don't see a lot of German good guy. World War II movies. Yeah. Valkyrie. I want to. Yeah. The Captain. Did you see that movie this year? No. Oh. About a German uh, enlisted guy who gets mistaken for a captain and then just continues the the ruse. I don't know how you say that. Uh, Let's people believe is a captain. Um, I think it's in Stalingrad. Did you say Leningrad? I did. Pretty sure it's Stalingrad. That's why they didn't want to lose it. Stalin didn't want to lose his city. Or is that just where the biggest battle was in Russia? Uh, Okay, so I'm not enough of an expert to know for sure, but I think that's the furthest east that the Germans got. So it's just the city where they were finally able to push them back, start the, you know, turn the tide. And what city is that actually? Oh, it's Samara or Saratov. It's okay. It's not weird to look that up. <laughs> Either way, I feel like I like the Jude Law performance and 
the kind of cat and mouse with the different snipers and the setups that they do are interesting. Let's get into the favorite. And it's called Volgograd now. Thank goodness we got that. (laughs) Good. Yeah. uh, Let's get into the favorite and talk about kind of what you thought about this movie overall. Um, Had you seen other movies by this director going into it? I know you just watched The Lobster this week, but. Yeah, I had seen A Killing of a Sacred Deer and I'd seen Dogtooth. Have you seen those two? I haven't. The only one I'd seen is The Lobster. Oh, okay. But this one looked really good to me in the trailer or just more compelling. And I I knew it was still going to be sort of his weird style, but I liked the actresses more maybe. I don't know. I was excited for The Lobster, for uh, The Favorite. Well, this was definitely his his most mainstream movie for sure. I feel like it's also just his most traditional story wise um, and pacing wise. I really liked his other ones, um, especially the killing of a sacred deer. I love that movie. Um, but this one seemed like a more kind of like where you could say the, the plot in a sentence and it would just make sense. So more of a traditional story. Um, but it still had just a lot of great humor and a lot of great weird tension yeah, I think they keep it pretty high strung or you're just sort of uncertain about what's going to happen with the um, Olivia Coleman queen character having kind of so much authority and power. You, you're you never really sure who's going to win out um, between the two kind of suitors and and sort of their relationship out when they're away from the queen, I think is always a little. I mean, everything's so heightened in this movie, but I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, and I think it just does a great job from the very like when Emma Stone's character shows up without saying a lot, you just instantly know you have this feeling of uh their world just is going to change and she's going to introduce this tension and she's a little weird. Like it does that really low angle on her up up at her and she does the when when um the queen says I can't remember if it's the queen or Rachel Weiss's character says you're, you're, you know, you're a monster and she goes, Rah. and then it's a quick cut away from that. I think that kind of stuff just creates that off, off kilter feeling. I definitely noticed the low angle. That's one thing I wanted to bring up. I think it happens a couple times throughout the movie and also sort of the fish, fish eye lens. Yeah. Kind of look where it would, you know, be looking in on a room, maybe from the edge of the room and rather than kind of following characters around, it would, you know, move a little bit, but really kind of stay more, more like you're standing there and just looking back and forth. I felt like mm-hmm. sort of puts you in the room more than other cameras do. Yeah. It also had a lot of great twists. I thought of, um, I don't know. Like I didn't, I didn't see it coming that Rachel Weiss's character was going to get <laughs> drugged to the point of getting dragged by her horse. And then, healed by a peasant for a week. I mean, it's so random in like a whorehouse. They wouldn't believe who she was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think this movie also does something sort of, I guess not totally unique. I've seen this in other movies, but I feel like using the kind of chirons or those words to break up sections of the movie. I don't know. Why do you think a director would do something like that? Um, I, I mean, I, I guess it's just they're sort of borrowing on the convention of mo- of novels and chapters, and they want that kind of. Um, it feels to me like an authority or a formalism that 
they can impose on the story. Kind of telling you when the breaks are or when the kind of change of focus is in the story. Yeah. And I think it goes with what you said about it being a high-minded concept kind of film. Or I guess you're talking about his other film. But I, to me, I think he's always thinking in these high-minded concepts. Yeah, definitely. How did you like the actors did? I, I really liked them. I mean, I loved watching. I thought Olivia Coleman was so funny when she was... Uh, stuffing her face with food and um, she had to moan and be in pain and she just had to go back and forth I think a lot and and she had a lot of power but she also was sick and sort of de- well depressed I think from the loss of her children and so she just had so many so many competing I don't know drives or motives that she had to balance as an actress uh, I thought Emma Stone was really fun I thought Rachel Weisz was great. She's so, she seems kind of like the dark, um, manipulative type. Yeah, definitely. I think they were all they all fit the roles really well. I don't know. I, I guess I liked just yeah the power dynamic between them and how they played off each other. Um, and I think the other you know supporting political actors you know were funny and interesting. The like the opposing minister who would just like, like push her out over the edge of the cliff. It would just be so intimidating. And while wearing such kind of extreme clothes and wigs. Yeah. I thought he, that was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> her husband, uh, Rachel Weiss's husband was funny or just that relationship. And I thought the actor was good. I thought, I thought it was super interesting that Emma Stone's, I mean, she had to go, she, she kind of, I feel like the way it's set up, the audience identifies with her at the beginning, but then towards the end, she's this, she becomes sort of like everyone else at court, pretty vapid. And I, I liked it because I, as a viewer going, going through it with the story, I felt like, uh, like that, that identification that I had with her was strained towards the end. Well, just, I was surprised that she didn't get some sort of comeuppance, you know, where the queen didn't shut her out at the end or something in her station didn't change because I, I think she did kind of lose focus on pleasing the queen or, you know, they show that scene where she kind of can't be bothered or it's just more into the fine things that she now has access to as a member of court. Hmm. Yeah. Did you look at all if this is accurate or reflective of history? No, I meant to. I didn't either. It didn't matter, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, obviously, that they would have had to create. You couldn't know. Well, maybe you could know all that stuff. It would have been very scandalous if it was true. Definitely. It, it kind of seems too, I mean, for the time, it would have been very scandalous. I just, I find it hard to believe that that, that the uh, the affairs were true, but Maybe. All right. Any other things you liked or disliked for this movie? Uh, I love the music. It doesn't have uh, some, it has some cello string kind of tension weirdness. Kind of going over the background almost always. You're saying, or, or just it's in certain kind of scenes. light. Yeah, but be that, then it makes it very striking when it does come. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I thought the, I mean, yeah, a lot of pathos in the story about her. You see how the queen suffers. 
I think that's done very well and, and creates sort of makes it believable that all these things would happen because she's in this place of immense suffering. And so lo- so alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, to be so above everybody else. Yeah. She was in The Lobster, too, Olivia Coleman. Even if we're not pro-monarchy on this podcast. No, we're, this is an anarchist podcast. Well. No, not anarchist. Yeah. What's that called? What's the opposite of? Democracy. We love democracy. (laughs) We want the monarchy to be abolished. I don't think it's abolitionist either. (laughs) No, but. Something along there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What would you rank the favorite? I'm giving it a five. I'm also going to give it a five. I liked this movie a lot. And I've recommended it off of this podcast to a lot of people who've asked about movies over the holidays. So. If you haven't seen The Favorite, I think it is still in theaters. Hopefully you make it. Go see it. And it'll be on Netflix in like a month anyway, if you haven't. (laughs) Don't wait. You need to see it big. (laughs) Uh, Do you have something else you want to recommend that you've been watching, reading, or listening to? Uh, What's yours this week? Uh, I'm going to recommend a Netflix show that came out during Christmas called Tidying Up with Maria Kondo and it's this uh, Japanese kind of cleaning and organizational expert. And she goes into people's houses and helps them uh, get rid of things and organize. And I've only watched a couple of the episodes, but it's cute and inspiring and feel good. So a feel good show. I would recommend that one. My gosh, I could watch about three minutes of it. <laughs> Couldn't take any more. It is cute. I don't know, Ty. How you said you had a lot of clothes. Maybe it would be helpful. Uh, I know. Okay. All right. Fine. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to recommend that you watch highlights of, I can't remember his first name, Ross making catches in the BCS National Championship game. He did some amazing catches. Yeah. Ty's out in the Bay and we got to go to the game uh, and see it in person in it. Really was kind of electric. Kid's going to be a star. He's already a star. He's doing okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening uh, to Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.